What's up, podcast listeners? It's your boy, Matt Baxter, hanging out here on, yes, you guessed it, the Matt Baxter Show. I'm hanging out with Sherry Simpson. Sherry is just awesome. Sherry is somebody who I love talking to because she's also a podcast host. So, you know, definitely puts the pressure on me as a host to make sure that I'm asking her good questions. We're engaged in conversation. It's something that uh, I can learn a lot from her, which is amazing. But also she comes from the HR world and specifically the HR tech world, which is so cool uh, for, uh, you know, for us and for me to dive in and ask her some great questions. So uh, she is a wealth of knowledge. She's a blast of a person. She's got some connections to Holland, Michigan, which makes me like her even more. So um, this this conversation is awesome. We dive deep in a couple different areas around HR, HR tech, and what's it like being on both sides of the equation. So Sherry, thank you so much uh, for just who you are. Thank you so much for the effort that you put into the world and the people. And uh, I'm just proud to have gotten to know you. And I hope all the listeners enjoy this podcast just as much as I did. Sherry, thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. Matt, thanks for having me. It's great being on the other side of the table. Well, not only are we on the other side of the table, but I think we're also on the other side of the lake. I live in Grand Rapids, Michigan, or Holland, Michigan, right on the water, and you're in the Chicagoland area, yeah? Yeah. I I mean, I didn't know you were in Holland. My dad was actually born in Holland, Michigan. I love that. And so right as I'm recording this, I'm actually in Saugatuck, if you're familiar with Saugatuck, Michigan, just a little south. But yeah, I, uh, I I went to a little college called Hope College in Holland, Michigan. Yeah, I know about Hope. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, I am stoked uh, to talk to you and get to know you more. Uh, You're a podcast legend. Uh, You come uh, from an awesome tech geek, in your own words, background. You've got a really cool story, and I'm excited to learn way more about that. So if you wouldn't mind, do you mind just sharing your background a little bit more about you? Yeah, I'd love love to. Um, I think it's really fun to share with the audience how I got into HR. So we'll start there. I actually went to school to be a youth pastor, believe it or not. Um, My undergrad was in youth ministries and adolescent studies. And as I was reaching the end of my bachelor's degree, I ended up working in a mental health hospital with wards of the state. So these were uh, teenage girls who were severely abused or neglected, lived in a residential center, required a lot of mental health resources. So was really passionate about the work I was doing, felt like it was a really great place for me. I could definitely see the impact I was having in the lives that I was working and serving with. And I had the world's best boss. I mean, still to this day, hands down, he was the most amazing human being I have ever met. His name was Marty Jordan. And he pulled me aside one day and he goes, hey, I need to talk to you in my office. And I had never even seen the inside of this man's office. So I was like, oh, for sure, I must have screwed something up, right? Like, it just wasn't the environment where we had office meetings. So he pulls me in his office and he goes, hey, so you're doing a really great job. And I just want to tell you, I actually think you're in the wrong profession. I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? Okay, I'm talk about a bold, like, uh, sort of not really sure how to handle that information. Right, right. And like, right, you have all those questions like, am I doing bad? Like, what do you mean I'm in the wrong profession? He goes, no, no, no. He's like, I think you should be in human resources. And my first reaction was the policy police. Like, You mean where all good things go to die? <laughs> right. I was like, oh, I don't think I want to do that. He's like, no, no. He's like, let me walk you through your skill set and why I think that you should switch careers. And I was like, all right. So I, I listened and I, I took his advice. And so in, in the organization I was at, there wasn't an opening in the HR department. 
And I tell this story and I'm, I'm still amazed at myself because I would not have done this today. But there was an opening in the medical billing department, which was across the hall from the HR department. <laughs> so I took a medical billing position so that I could be close and get to know those that were working in HR. I love and that. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't say join medical billing. He said HR. And you went one degree or literally one hallway away. That's amazing. Right, right. Um, and so I was very fortunate that there was an interim HR, uh, a CHRO at the time who I built a really great relationship with. Her name was Dana Johnson. And she knew I was completely green, had no HR experience. And she she hired me on. So I started out in a uh, HR generalist role in the TA space. So I was doing recruiting and onboarding and training. And I absolutely loved it, fell in love with it and never looked back. Uh, really, Marty changed the trajectory of my life and my career. And um, I want to share a little bit more about him because I think it it just highlights who he is as a human being. So um, he is no longer on this earth. He actually um, passed away. He was with his family in Lake Michigan and his uh, nephew and kids got caught in the riptide and in the process of saving their lives, he passed away. Um, and I'm, just wow. like, what an inspiring human being. That is, uh, that is both, I mean, obviously tragic, but also like, <laughs> what a powerful way to go out. What a good message to send. Yeah. So I, I owe a lot to him and to the work that he was doing and, uh, was very fortunate he pulled me aside one day and told me I was in the wrong profession. <laughs> and also, uh, Cherry, I um, one of the reasons I'm kind of familiar with the Northern Chicagoland area is the Global Leadership Summit is hosted there, and I'm on the Global the Youth Force Board, um, which has kind of evolved in the in the faith based background too. So I, I respect kind of the upbringing upbringing, and then also uh, career transition as well too. So it's really cool stuff. Yeah, that Global Leadership Summit is hosted at Judson, right? Uh, it's usually at Willow Creek church, but they also have plenty of like satellite locations too. Gotcha. Gotcha. For sure. Uh, anyway, so didn't mean to derail that, but so you, you made the shift. So when did you actually, um, realize like, not only my title is based in HR, but like, I'm actually doing the human resource based work that, uh, your mentor wanted you to be doing. Yeah. So that's a great question. I, I took his advice, moved into that role, and once I started to cut my teeth a little bit and realized that there was way more to HR than policy, way more than just you know talent acquisition, I decided to go get my master's work uh, in HR. So when I got my MBA and my master's of human resource management, and that's really getting that education really helped open my eyes to what human resources is in totality. Um, and the impact that it can have on a business. And, and granted, when I started in HR, we were still talking about, you know, HR getting a seat at the table. <laughs> so that's not the case anymore. We are at the table and it's how much do we want to influence and support our business. But I think what really clicked for me is the idea that I could work in HR and have an impact on other people's lives, just like I could work in mental health and have an impact on those youth that I was working with. Yeah, I love that. And, and you know, it's interesting. Um, we both spend a lot of time in the HR tech space, which is a little bit different way of uh, witnessing HR at times have a seat at the table and at times not, because sometimes it involves financial decision making sort of for the broad stroke of, um, of uh, 
you know, just the organization. So actually, I wanted to double click on that. Um, do you you feel like HR fully has a seat at the table now? I mean, not fully, but you feel like obviously a lot of strides have been made. Yeah, I think there's been a big change. I think it used to be we had to convince leadership that they need to to know when to engage us, that they should that they should we should be in the room, that we should have, you know, CHROs. And I, and I think a lot of this, too, came from, you know, there are so many organizations that are still small, have HR departments of one or have very limited resources when it comes to HR. Sometimes HR still sits underneath finance. It's not its own function. And so I think that narrative has changed. And I think, honestly, what really helped propel us forward was the pandemic. It, you know, you think back to 2008 and the role of the CFO in an organization was really, really pivotal. And then you fast forward to 2020 and the role of HR in your organization was really, really pivotal because the skills that you needed were care and empathy and attention to the human experience. And granted, we had to learn a lot of things. I have never learned so much about PPE in my life uh, as I did going through the pandemic experience. But I also learned about how to support people differently and how to support my business and the goals that the business wanted to have and also keep us in in a spot where we're continuing to, you know, have revenue come in the door. Right. A lot of organizations um, closed during the pandemic, you know, and and I was fortunate that I was in a spot where I could work for an organization that thrived. And I saw that from all of my HR counterparts, that it was really our opportunity to step up and show that the skills that we bring to the table can help elevate and augment our businesses um, and really should be looked at in a different light as a strategic partner rather than just, you know, the ancillary department check the box, policy, police, tactical stuff that we used to be seen for. Yeah. And I, I also really respect the fact that you said, like, obviously revenue needs to continuously come through the door. And that's where I, you know, I think sometimes HR discussions, I mean, I've, I've attended more SHRM conferences or <laughs> uh, HR tech events. And, and, and I, I love that HR has, has a seat at the table and it's well-deserved. I sometimes uh, squint a little bit when I hear kind of the, you know, forgetting that the actual business functions. I mean, I think the greatest combination in the world is HR focused on people, but also with the intention of saying, hey, we're going to continue to grow the business and doing so right by people and right by customers and right by leaders and right by employees. And so I really respect that you have both an eyesight around taking care of people in the best way possible, but also not to mention like, hey, let's grow a business in the meantime of doing that too. Yeah, I think so many times it gets wrapped up that HR is either one or the other. You know, they're either solely focused on employees and they get described as, you know, woo-woo or the party planners or um, that that lens, or they become, you know, the policy police. And it's very like, you know, that idea of you walk in the room and they're like, oh, HR is here, we got to stop talking. You know, <laughs> there's... There's something better for us out there, and that really is coming to the table and, and making suggestions and strategic decisions around how we think about talent, how we leverage talent, how we leverage the skills in our organizations, and how that impacts the bottom line, how we can see ahead and forecast that, you know, hey, we know we're going to do this product launch and it's going to have this impact on our clients. What are the skill sets we're going to need from a talent pool perspective? You know, that's the kind of really rich information that HR brings to the table that can partner with the business so that you are supporting your employees. Obviously, you want to do that. 
but and and show up in compassion and grace and um you know all the things that we're talking about around mental health and all that kind of stuff you can do that in tandem with supporting the business growth and revenue and meeting strategic initiatives i don't think it's this either or it's really the marriage of both of those um is where i see hr really thriving in the next several years yeah i love that for sure so you know, I'm 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 curious. You obviously have gone from you know HR to now you're in HR tech as a as a supplier to HR organization. So how did that walk me through that transition? Yeah, I actually love this story. So um, you shared at the beginning that I that I am an, a tech geek by heart, and I was uh, prior to coming to Paylocity, I was working in an organization, a smaller organization and um, went to RFP for our, for our HCM provider, came across Paylocity, and I completely fell in love with the software, which is not something I think you typically hear people say is they love an HCM software, um, but I did. I loved- in fact, in fact, you actually hear the opposite. Right. More than not. <laughs> right, right. Um, I loved my sales rep. I loved the software. I loved getting in. And I mean, it did have a, a huge impact in the organization I was working in. I was able to to save us, you know, tens of thousands of dollars annually by making the switch. So obviously there was a great business case for moving to Paylocity. Um, but that being said, you know, my, my tech enthusiasm led me down a road where I got to do some beta testing and I got to meet some product owners and go to client conferences. And I was just so impressed, not only with the product that was being delivered, but also with the idea of client as co-creator. And this was the first kind of tech organization I saw where my voice as a client was so important to the to the extent that I was being reached out to. So when there was an HR opening, I was like, no way I could work for this company. <laughs> um, so went ahead and, and put my name in the ring for, for the role and was very fortunate I got the role. And my very first phone call when I got my offer wasn't to my husband, actually, it was to the product owner that I had been beta testing with. And I said, hey, his name was Jamie. And I said, hey, Jamie, I got some bad news for you. I won't be able to do any beta testing anymore. And he was like, oh, man, that, that really stinks. You know, hopefully you can pass it along to whoever replaces you. And I was like, hey, but I got some good news. And he's like, what? I was like, I am going to be your HR business partner. So I went over to Paylocity supporting product and technology. So all the software engineers and the developers and the IT space. Um, and it was just the perfect synergy of the things I was passionate about and the work I wanted to do. And to be able to say I work for an HCM company is kind of like saying that I'm HR for HR, like the world of HR, because I can continue to influence the things that we do with our product and the way that we show up for, for other HR professionals from you know, the podcasts that I do and webinars and supporting our clients and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the reasons, or one of the things I want to double click on. I mean, one of the cool parts, um, so I, I don't come from HR at all. Uh, I, my business first business was mowing lawns and then like any true entrepreneur, the next career step is to jump into HR tech. So <laughs> is a very non-traditional, uh, similar to yours too, which is amazing. But, um, so I, you know, as I think about that, like one of the coolest parts about our job and probably similar to you is that we get to serve a wide range of customers uh, with, you know, a wide, wide range of both successful HR practices and a wide range of unsuccessful. And that's something that lights, you know, kind of fills my bucket up. And so the shift from internal management of an HR organization to now you get to help 
others do that. What would you say is kind of the, the, maybe the thing that you like the most, and maybe if there's anything that you miss from sort of managing directly yourself? Oh yeah. Uh, let's start with what I miss the most. Uh, I miss working with my managers to help them be better leaders. Um, on that really individual basis, you know, there were so many times that I had to have tough conversations with leaders about how they were managing performance. And I remember walking away from those conversations, just being really energized and excited um, at how that manager was able to understand the information and the impact that they had on that employee's experience, which ultimately impacted the success of their department and the company. So I miss that. Um, I get to do it in a little bit different way now, but not directly. Um, and then the second part of that question around, oh my gosh, I completely lost my train of thought, Matt. What was the no, second part of the no, question? No, basically, the, 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 the second part or first part, however order we do it, was um, you've made a shift, obviously, from internal management to now you're helping others. Like you obviously mentioned kind of what you, you know, what you miss and yeah. what you but also what, what, what okay. kind of fills the bucket and kind of what, what the difference is like that. Yeah. So when it comes to external and kind of the role I have now, one of the things that has really changed is how I show up for other HR professionals. Because every HR professional is at a different point in their journey through a lot of different things, whether it's you're moving from tactical to strategic, whether you're moving from being a young professional to a seasoned professional, whether you're moving from, you know, the different functions of HR, you know, when I started HR generalist was kind of like the thing to be. Um, now you, you specialize in a vertical in so many ways. So you can be really, really good at talent acquisition, or you're really, really good at the benefit space. or you're really, really good at the payroll space. And I think where I show up now to help HR professionals is by providing great education in just different ways. So whether it's interviewing somebody awesome on the podcast and hearing about their experiences and the things that they're working to teach HR professionals about, or it's hosting a webinar, or it's attending events like Sherm and being on the floor and just listening and networking. I'm continuously amazed at the access to information that exists now that we can provide and share with each other that didn't exist when I was early in my career. You know, I had a great conversation today with somebody for a future episode about OSHA investigations. And it was funny because that sounds like a really boring topic, but in our conversation, there were so many great nuggets that we could pass along to HR professionals. And I've been in this space, you know, 16 years now, and there was stuff I learned on that call. So if I'm learning something, then it's an opportunity that somebody else is learning something. And I think in our space, in our roles, we have to be curious. We have to be continuous learners. And if I can show up in that way and support HR professionals on their learning journey, I think that's a great place to sit and fit and work. Do you, uh, do, would you say you enjoy being more of a generalist or do you like kind of hyper-focusing on something? Oh, that's a tough question. I think, I think I like the perspective of being a generalist from having a knowledge of everything. But I will tell you from experience, if I don't ever have to do payroll again, I will be a happy HR person. As a, um, as a business owner, I wish I could remove that myself. <laughs> um, I mean, I think there's things that you, as you go through your career, you just gravitate towards or you become really great at. You know, I, I really enjoy the employee relations space. I really enjoy, um, you know, kind of that more strategic role. I loved TA earlier in my career. Uh, I don't know that I would love sitting in that space now, 
but I think it's a really exciting place to be in work. Um, so I don't know if that really answered your question because I think I can go deep on some things, but I like to have my hands in all the pots. I love it. I love it. So let's talk, let's talk about your podcast more. So tell me, tell the, well, tell me, but also tell the audience a little bit more about your show and you know, what, what do you feel like you have accomplished with it to date and what are kind of your hopes and dreams uh, to do with it in general? Yeah. So um, I was really lucky that Paylosity gave me the opportunity to, to do a podcast to begin with. Um, it was an opportunity I saw that, you know, there was, there wasn't really anybody in our space from the HCM perspective who was talking about just HR things, not necessarily Paylocity things or, or tech things, but just HR things. So we first launched the first podcast. It was called PCTY Talks. And I had so much fun. I got to interview authors and, you know, industry leaders in our space, like, you know, Sherm's Johnny C. Taylor and Dave Ulrich and, and some really exciting people outside of our space, like the former um, president of the Miami Marlins. And, and in that conversation, you know, I realized that we had some really great content, but maybe our name wasn't really hitting in the market. So we decided to kind of revamp the podcast, come up with a new name uh, and a new vibe, as I would call it, to what I thought was going to appeal to our audience. So in March, we launched our new podcast called the HR Mixtape. And really the idea behind that name is uh, one, it's a little retro and retro is trending right now. So <laughs> I, I definitely have to mention that. I was about to say, that's just like way too cool for me. I, I, <laughs> I can't hang at that level. Yeah. But, but two, I wanted to make sure that the content, that the name matched the content. And I really do mix up the content. So I do everything from interviewing those big names like Johnny C. Taylor to talking about OSHA regulation to doing AMAs. Um, or a couple episodes we've done is we've pulled questions off of Facebook or Reddit, like HR issue questions, and brought on somebody that I know who's in the HR space, and we've just tackled those questions. Um, and so I really wanted it to be a resource for HR professionals to have fun and to learn something um, in a succinct way. So the episodes are short, 20 minutes to 30 minutes at the most. You know, originally the idea was you could listen to them on your way to or from work, but a lot of people work remote now. So um, really still wanted to make it bite size and give just HR people a fun way to learn something new without having to um, dedicate a bunch of time to, you know, reading a book or something. I love it. Yeah. And, and, and I, similar, I go a little bit broader than HR that, ha which is not a good or bad thing just, but it's one of the coolest things to have a show where really you don't have to be an expert to interview really smart people. And in fact, it's actually a good thing not because you can just kind of be blindly curious, but then you can go deep on certain topics and learn an absolute ton. So like in your circumstance, you can go really deep on a technical topic. Um, and it's both educational, I'm sure for you, as well as it's good validation or good, you know, an awesome platform to the person that you're hosting, as well as the listeners probably both get a combination of entertainment and education, which I think is a huge win. So kudos to you for that. That's awesome. Oh, thank you. So um, two part question. Number one, you get to solve or obsess or focus or dive deep into one big um, HR issue for the rest of your career, what would you say that you would like really, really like to help solve? And that could be very specific or very generic. And then second part question is remove your career. What is there similar type thing? Is there anything that a big issue or big problem that you'd like to solve in life outside of your career? 
Matt, you are coming with the tough questions today. And I, I know we still have a cocktail in front of us to get us really going. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Next time we'll have to do that. Um, okay, dig deep in my career from an HR perspective. I would love to solve performance reviews. Everybody hates them. Nobody is doing them great. Um, you know, the, the benefit we have now is that we've got great platforms that help support our process. So we've definitely gotten better as a, an HR community on our performance management review process. But I don't think we've, we've cracked the code when it comes to actually managing performance. And what I mean by that is I'm not necessarily talking about, you know, the, the issues we have when somebody's not performing, right? Like that's just a part of our job. I'm talking about that, that true idea of motivating and exciting people and giving them um, feedback, which I, I kind of hesitate on using that word feedback because I really love this concept of feed forward instead of feedback. You know, when we come into those performance conversations, the most impactful we can be is if we can give somebody a nugget to help them excel and move forward. And oftentimes I don't think we think about performance that way. We think of it as what did you accomplish this year? You know, the, the very like process oriented, right? What did you accomplish? What are your three professional goals? What are your three personal goals? What are your KPIs that you're going to do this year? And granted, a lot of that is really important. I, I'm not dismissing that, right? We all run businesses. We have to run KPIs. We have to know where our people are sitting. But imagine if you can change that conversation where you are really focusing on, hey, what excites you, Matt? What do you want to do? How do we get you there? How can I help you find that role in our organization? How can I leverage your skills to help you feel confident in the work you're doing? And how do we work through when you make mistakes, when you make poor choices, when, you know, you're struggling to learn a concept. You know, I, I the one time I saw this really come to life in a way that I was like, yes, we need to do more of that is um, we had an employee, this was a, a previous employer, but we had an employee who was just really struggling in their role. They were not meeting their metrics and in, in having the conversations with this employee, it, it became pretty clear that they maybe were sitting in the wrong space in the wrong department. And so we worked with the manager and we're able to move that leader into a different department, into a different framework, and they excelled. And if we weren't willing to have those conversations, like real conversations about, you know, what is exciting you? What is motivating you? What do you like? What do you don't like? And how do we leverage those skills? We wouldn't have been able to do that. And I think that's why we're seeing in our industry this movement from job descriptions to skills inventory, because we're starting to understand this idea around skills and how that influences our organization, how we can leverage people's different skills. So, I mean, I could go on and on and on about performance reviews and performance management, but I would love to solve performance reviews for everybody. I love that. So what about on the personal front? Oh, I mean, that question is gigantic on the personal <laughs> front. Um, I, so a little bit about me that I didn't share in my intro is I am a mom of three active duty military. Um, and so what? I said, that's amazing. Yeah. I, not what I thought my kids would do, but I'm all super, super, super proud of them. Um, in fact, the youngest graduates boot camp in three days here. So, um, it's, it's near and dear to my heart. I, I would solve how we handle our veterans coming back into the workforce. I think that, um, the military is necessary, and I think it's a, a great resource for a lot of young men and women, 
who want to serve their country and want to have some stability in their futures. I think we fail them when they get out of the military um, and and try to step into roles in our organizations where um, it's a little bit of a different flavor. And I'll give you some examples of, of what I've seen. So you have somebody who is really used to having their entire life dictated for them, right? You you don't choose what you wear on an everyday basis, right? It's issued to you. You don't really make a ton of decisions on where you live. Um, your time off, you have to go through, you know, levels of paperwork to, to get time off. And so what happens is when veterans come into organizations, they they assume that there's that level of authority that's going to be over them. And so we don't do a good job of helping them transition to to corporate in in the way that the corporate world functions and the things they do and do not need to ask quote unquote permission for uh we also don't do a good job translating their skills you know sometimes we have you know young men and women who come out of the military who've got really amazing leadership experience and we go oh yeah but you haven't done this very specific job so you're definitely not qualified when sometimes those are the most qualified people because What's really great about the military is that that ASVAB that they take when they go in really measures their ability to learn and be taught. And I have never found a veteran who who isn't curious to be learned and taught something new. And so I would like to solve for that. I'd love to solve for how do we get veterans into our organizations in a way that we can leverage their skill set um, and not minimize the work that they did in the military, you know, just because you were a uh, you know, a bomb person doesn't mean there's not skills that you learned in doing that, right? Talk about working in high stressful situations, right? What an amazing skill to have somebody come into your organization with. So how do we solve for that? I, I wish I had answers for it, but that's what I'd love to solve for. It's funny you reference uh, a, a bomb person. My my uh, best buddy from college is actually in EOD school right now. Wow. Uh, he's literally going through that academy and it's it's wild. And it's one of those things that uh, to your point, obviously he's got, he's got a, a military career ahead of him, but once he's done, whenever that may be, uh, he definitely has some skills that are, he can handle a lot of pressure and a lot of stress. Uh, <laughs> and he'll yeah. be, he'll be bat- literally battle tested for that too. So no, I, I, I very much respect that. And I actually really appreciate that as a huge cause too. So that's amazing. Yeah. Um, Sherry, so my favorite question on the planet is, what is it that gets you out of bed in the morning? And obviously, um, you you have a huge heart and a huge focus on making the the, the processes uh, for people and people's lives better, which is amazing. So for you, like obviously, what what's driving you to be you? Yeah, you know, for me, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this. And if you work in the HR space, you've probably taken every single self-assessment that exists on the planet, <laughs> you know, whether you're, you know, a Myers-Briggs person or a DISC person or a Clifton Strengths Finder or all of those things, right? And they're all good. They're all, they all intend to help you kind of discover yourself. But um, I like to describe myself as a multi-passionate individual. And that that really means that when people ask me about my five-year plan, I don't really have a good answer for that because... I know what my why is and wherever you sit me is I will figure out how to leverage that why. And my why really comes down to helping people reach their aha moments. And I have found so much success in that. And it makes me understand why I miss working with managers so closely, like why I love doing the podcast, why I love doing webinars and talking to people like you, because you never know what somebody's aha moment is going to be. You never know the little piece of nugget that you're going to share with somebody that changes their trajectory. And I think back to Marty, right? 
he had no idea that pulling me aside one day and saying, hey, you're in the wrong profession was going to change the entire trajectory of my life and lead me here to this conversation where I'm talking about aha moments. So that's my passion. That's really what gets me up in the morning is helping people reach those. I love it. I love it. So um, Sherry, we will make sure to uh, include in the show notes your podcast, but for people who want to follow along uh, with you, reach out, get to know you more, uh, learn, follow along, any of it, what's the best way for them to either um, you know, follow or the content that you're kicking out or get a hold of you or uh, just learn more? Yeah. So if you want to follow the podcast, it's called HR Mixtape. It is on all of the podcast platforms. So wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find it. Uh, if you want to connect with me personally, uh, you can find me. My socials are HR Swagger. Uh, and I'm also on LinkedIn as Sherry Simpson. I love it. Well, Sherry, thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. And thank you for uh, just being a, a, a light of shine in my, in my day for sure. This has been awesome. So thank you so much for being a guest. Matt, thanks for having me. You just listened to an amazing episode on the Matt Baxter Show. It had nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the guests that I have and the stories that we get to tell and the smack talking we get to have. So if you enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes that you've listened to, feel free to su subscribe on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcast. Check us out at themattbaxtershow.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at Matt C. Baxter, Twitter, or Facebook as well, too. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, whether it's through an email on the website or whether it's through any of the social platforms. I do my best to get back to people as soon as I can. But thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoy. Feel free to send feedback in any way. And don't be afraid to share the Matt Baxter Show. We're very excited to have you as a listener and hope you continue to listen as well. Thanks a ton. Bye-bye.